Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, I would like to share with you a special topic, a specific topic, which is very, very important. So we are going to read from Psalm 119, verse 18. So let's read Psalm 119, verse 18. So here the psalmist says, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Can you read that with me? Open my eyes. We have that in the screen. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Psalm 119 is the special you know, chapter in the Bible. Can any one of you tell, tell, tell me in one word what Psalm 119 is all about? It's the longest psalm. And what, it, what does it say? God's word. Law of the Lord. It talks about God's word. And that's what we are going to do this morning. So, you know, before we really get into this topic, I just want to give a quick introduction about Psalm 119. You know, if you look at the book, you look at the, 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 the chapter, the author of Psalm 119 is not known. But most of the people believe that Psalm 119 was penned by David. Or some people say by Ezra, a portion of it is by Ezra and even Daniel. But if you look at the flow of this document, the tone and the expression of Psalm 119, there is no reason why we cannot say that this psalm is written by David. Because, you know, when you read through this psalm, most of the time it looks like it is the cry of the heart of David. David had had a, such a special heart. He had such a nice heart, a special heart towards the law of the Lord, towards the word of God. You know, the main theme of this psalm is the word of the Lord. Can you I, can I say that? The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. So that is the main theme of this psalm. You know, there are very profound truths in Psalm 119. The word of God is all sufficient. All that we need today is God's law. God's word is a profound truth that we find in this psalm. You know, I want to read some of the key scriptures, some of the key ideas that support the theme of this psalm. David says, the writer says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. And he said, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, make wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. You know, he talks about the commandment of God. He talks about the law of God. He talks about the precepts of God. And he talks about the word of God. You know, some of the you know, different terms they are used in this scripture portion to represent, to refer word of God or all this. He says at times, law of the Lord. He says, testimony of the Lord, precepts of the Lord, statutes of the Lord, commandments, judgment, and ordinances. You know, all these seven, eight terms, they together represent the word of God. And in the psalm, almost in every word, 
you read about the word of god you find out word of god is mentioned in one way or other in every scripture of this psalm so psalm 119 is, is something that is very important especially to the new testament church especially the time that we are living in today psalm 119 is very very essential so we are back to psalm 119 verse 18 which says open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. My question this morning is, why David is praying, Lord, open my eyes. When the eyes got closed, that he is praying, Lord, open my eyes. Then I came to an understanding since the fall of men. Men's eyes were kind of veiled. That he is not able to see the wondrous things in the word of God. Since the fall of man in the garden of Eden. Men's eyes were blinded. That he could not see God's wonders in the word of God. The eyes of men and men's heart and their understanding were blinded. Concerning the law of God. That men is not able to see how precious the word of God is. The veil of darkness. The veil of ignorance. The veil of wrong understanding. Fill the man's heart that he is not able to see any more wonders in the word of God. Their understanding is totally darkened. That's the reason David is praying. He is crying out to God, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from the book of the law. This morning, it is very important to you know, come to an understanding with the scripture. Open my eyes. You know, sometimes my eyes are closed. Our eyes are closed to the word of God. You know, when we have a sickness, there are symptoms for most of the sickness. All of the sickness, they don't come with a symptom. People come to know only person dies that he had the sickness or she had the sickness. But most of the sicknesses come with a symptom. So this morning, if my eyes are closed, Lord, I do not know whether my eyes are open towards your law, whether my eyes are closed towards the law. But what are the symptoms? The eyes are blinded or veiled or darkened. If we have any of the symptoms that I'm going to talk about right now, just listen to me very carefully. And this is an important part of this message. If we have any of the symptoms in our lives, that means our eyes are blinded and we need to stand and pray to God. Lord, open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things of the book of the law. Let's talk about the symptoms. When we read the scripture, symptom number one. When we read the scripture, if all the scriptures look alike. You know, sometimes we come across that. We try to read the scripture, but what is this? It all looks the same. Symptom number one. If we have that symptom, that means our eyes are closed. We are not able to differentiate the scriptures. All the scriptures look alike. Number two. There is no desire to read the scripture. I'm good in listening to messages, but I'm not reading Bible. Symptom number two, that our eyes are blinded. Symptom number three, there is no interest to meditate the word of God. You know, at times we don't meditate the word of God. In fact, this morning, this title of my sermon is meditation. 
we don't meditate the word of God. If we don't meditate the word of God, we have that symptom of our eyes has become blinded. At times we have an attitude that we know everything because right from childhood we have been reading the Bible and we come to a level where we get saturated and we say, I know everything. There is nothing more that I need to know from the word of God. So if you have that attitude, it's a symptom that our eyes are getting blinded. Some of us never made an attempt to sit with our Bible and sit with the notebook and with the pen to write down what God speaks. In our times, instead, we try to listen to God from many different ways. If you are one among that, what I said, the category, we never meditated the Bible along with the paper and a pen in, you know, with, with the desire to write down what God speaks to us. That means our eyes are getting blinded. That's another symptom that we need to worry about this morning. At times we believe in what others say, but we fail to come back and refer the word of God to make sure what he said is right or what she said is right. And if we don't do it, that means we are about to be blinded. Sometimes we say that God has never spoken to me through any of the scriptures. That means there is a serious problem that our eyes are about to be blinded. At times we say that I have difficulty in believing scriptures. I believe one portion of the scripture, but I don't believe the other portion of the scripture. I heard on the other day, I can't avoid telling this, a famous well-known preacher in Kerala, the southern part of India, telling, preaching. Old Testament is no more for the New Testament church. Old Testament is not written by God. It is written by people. You know, at times we tend to keep a portion of the scripture away and take the part of it. But Bible is written in a, in a whole. Cover to cover. It is the word of God. It is the word of God. How can we take out the Old Testament? And people will be killing each other. People will be murdering each other. People will engage themselves in adultery. How can we take the Old Testament from the word of God? We cannot do it. We don't go back to the Bible and we just simply listen, but we don't do it. At times we say, I never applied any scripture in my life. That means our eyes, eyes are getting blinded. Finally, sometimes we say that scripture never comforted me. I don't think scripture never healed me. Scripture doesn't really give me any hope. But some of the songs give me hope. Some of the sermons give me hope. But not the scripture. There is something wrong with us. This morning, David is crying out to God, asking, Lord, open my eyes before I become completely, total blinded. Lord, open my eyes so that I may see the great things in the word of, in, 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 the, in your law. What can we do now? If you fall into any one of the symptoms, don't need to have all this, but at least one, if you have. That means our eyes are getting blinded. What can we do? We cannot do anything else other than crying out with the man of God, saying, Lord, open my eyes. Can you say that this morning? Lord, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. And this morning, I just want to you know, take you further. Just want to give you a couple of ideas. How can we deal with this word of God? Because word of God is precious. 
Word of God is precious. Number one, we need to start seeking and searching the scriptures. We are going to read from Proverbs 2, 1 to 5. Very important scriptures. Proverbs 2, 1 to 5. Bible says we need to seek for the word of God. We need to search the word of God. How can we do this? That's what we are going to try this morning. Proverbs 2, 1, and 1 through 5 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my command. Treasure means something that you search for. Treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom. Reading from Proverbs 2, 1 to 5. And apply your heart to understanding. Verse 3. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver. Solomon is talking about the word wisdom that is hidden in the word of God. If you seek wisdom as silver the word of god as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures then you will understand the fear of the lord and find the knowledge of god scripture is asking us to seek to search like a treasure Scripture is asking us to seek and search the word of God. Let's read other scriptures Acts 17:11 and Isaiah 34:16 Acts 17:11 Acts 17.11, Bible says, you know, Paul is making a comparison between two groups of people. Listen to this. This is very interesting. Paul is making a comparison with people who are living in a city called Berea and with another city by, known, by name Thessalonica. He's comparing the people in those, these two cities. And he says in Acts 17.11, people in Berea were fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. Why? In that they received the word with all readiness. People in Berea, they were just willing to receive the word of God with all readiness. And he commanded them saying that you are better. You are fair-minded. You are clever. You have a good character. And God has blessed you because you are better than people in Thessalonica. Because you are really, we are ready to receive the word of God. And they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Paul preached the word of God. People in Berea, they searched the word of God. They read the word of God. They sought the word of God to find out whether what Paul said is it true or not. Word of God is our authority. Let's read another scripture from Isaiah 34, 16. Isaiah 34, 16 says, search from the book of the Lord. What we need to do? Come on, let me hear and search. Can you say search? Can I hear a louder search? 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 So what are we searching? Word of God. We are searching word of God. So Isaiah 34, 16 says, search from the book of the Lord and read. Not one of these shall fail. Not one shall lack her mate. For my mouth has commanded it. And his spirit has... You know, what a beautiful scripture this is. Can you just look into the scripture? Bible says, Isaiah the prophet says, Search from the book of the Lord and read. Search. Take your Bible. You know, some of your Bible are very new Bible. How many of you have new Bible here? Nobody? Yes, new Bible, <laughs> new Bible. So you probably, because your Bible is limited, Debbie bought a Bible, new Bible, I know that. Some of our Bibles are fresh new because we never went to that page. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the line, the Bible is very new because it's a holy book. So what do we do with the holy book? Don't touch the book because it is too holy. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to read it. I'm just keeping it in my shelf. 
right? In my showcase. Why? Because Bible is holy book. If Bible falls down, you touch the Bible and kiss the Bible, but you never read the Bible. It doesn't matter. Bible falls. The book doesn't have anything. But the word is powerful. This book can be on the floor. It can be anywhere. But the word is powerful. This word, the written word of God, is powerful. There is no importance to the Bible as such. Sometimes we have a wrong understanding. If I take the Bible and put the Bible on the, on the head of a demon-possessed woman, the demon will leave. Okay. <clears throat> right? So we need to search the word of God. We need to seek the word of God. Search the book of the Bible and read it. Not one of these shall fail. That means everything written in the book is true. Nothing is going to fail. All the prophecies God spoke. It's all going to come to fulfillment. Nothing. None of them is going to fall. Not one shall lack her mate. What does it mean? It means if you look into one scripture, there is a corresponding scripture somewhere else. At least there is one mate. There is, one, there is a pair. For my mouth has commanded it. Who spoke these words? God. And my spirit has gathered them. As the God, Lord God was speaking the word. The word and spirit of God everywhere. Gathering the scriptures. And putting in the mind of men and women of God. And they could pen these scriptures. Search from the book. Number one thing we can do is. We can start searching the book. Number two. Study and meditate the word. Studying the scripture. This morning I'm here to give you help. It's not really a sermon. It is just something that you, you know, want to help you in moving in this direction. Study. Studying scripture is to understand the context of the scripture. Such as when the scripture was written, to whom the scripture was written, by whom the scripture was written, and in what context the scripture was written. And this morning as I speak, if you are not able to follow these words, it's a work of the enemy. If you feel like, you know, just closing your eyes and about to fall from your bench, it's a work of the enemy. Those who know what I'm talking about. God speaks and we don't hear because the devil doesn't allow you to hear. God speaks. God always speaks. We don't hear it. We don't hear it because of the noises. And we are always submerged into those noises. But this morning I believe that God may help us to listen. It's important. Studying is to understand the context. When the scripture is written. To whom the scripture is written. By whom the scripture is written. That's what is studying the Bible. You know, that's the reason we buy concordance. That's the reason we buy commentaries. That's the reason we refer. The, uh, there are some websites where, where we can refer as we study the book of God, word of God. You know, studying word of God is very, very interesting. Because you will come to know the context in which the word of God was written. And who wrote. And you will understand what exactly the spirit of God is trying to tell you. Study and meditate the word of God. And I'm just coming to an important part of the part of this sermon. Meditating the word of God of God. Listen to this. This was a revelation for me as I was preparing for this sermon. I couldn't find it anywhere, but you know, th that just came into my mind. I just wanted, want to share that with you. What of God talks about the blessings of meditating God's word. 
want to turn with you to Psalm 1. Very well-known Psalm 1. Children all, you know, they memorize Psalm 1 most of the time. Even we do. Psalm 1, if you can read with me to 1 through 3, you will understand the importance of meditating God's word. How important that you and I need to meditate the word of God. Let's read Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Listen, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord refers to the word of God, the Bible. So his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. What does he do? Meditate. Can I hear that loud? Meditates. In his law, he doesn't read, but he meditates in his law day and night. Verse 3, he shall be like a tree. Who? Who meditates the word of God. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of the water that brings forth its fruit in season. Whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Bible says very clearly, if things are not happening in your life, in season... What you need to do? You need to meditate the word of the Lord. Let's go back and read that again. Let's read from verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Listen to this. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. You know, some of us worry about things not happening in our lives in time. Best medicine for that is Take the Bible, take a notebook, sit with your pen and you will know what God speaks to you. What God tells you. If things have to happen in season, in the right time, we need to meditate the word of God. I'm not sure whether this is preached in the churches. We need to meditate the word of God. This is very important. Listen to this. There's a huge difference between the guided meditation or the mantra meditation the art of living, Ravi Shankar, art of living teaches about meditation. You know, art of living teaches meditation. There are guided meditation, mantra based meditation, and there are so many other meditations. And attached with this is yoga and meditation. And that meditation is totally different from what Bible talks about. I'm about to tell the difference. All this secular meditation, all the world-related meditation, they are talking about mind control techniques. If you know about it, if you read that. It all talks about controlling your mind, focusing on a point, until that point disappears from your eyes. Focus on that and reduce the disturbance. You will be able to hear even the voice far away, a dog barking and a crow crowing, you know, all these voices you should be able to hear until then you control your mind. That's what the secular meditation and yoga are talking about. But the Bible talks about meditation in Psalm, verses, Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3. But the Bible meditation, Bible talks about meditating in your heart. That's the difference. Secular talks about meditating in mind. But Bible talks about meditating in your heart. How is that possible? Let's read Psalm 4 verse 4. Psalm, verse, Psalm 4 verse 4. This is important. Psalm 4 verse 4 says, Be angry and do not sin. 
meditate within your heart on your bed and be still scripture is very clear it's nothing to do with your mind bible meditation is nothing to do with your mind when we try to meditate the word of god with our mind we keep thinking about what we know what we our experience in the past and what we hear but bible is asking us to meditate the word of god in our heart Psalm 4:4 be angry let's read Psalm 19:14 be angry and do not sin meditate within your heart on your bed and be still Psalm 19:14 says let the word of my mouth listen to this and the meditation of my of my of my sorry what does it say your version of mouth okay so <laughs> meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight meditation of my mouth is that what it says hmm. okay meditation of my mouth <coughs> i'm angry now <laughs> that's that's what it says not not with you sorry not with you <laughs> okay so meditation of my mouth doesn't go well let's come back to kjv sorry oh it's like the same i'm sorry okay so it's the same okay no worries right <laughs> so, let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart this is important that's what i understood yesterday but i didn't get any support support documents saying this bible meditation is a meditation in the heart and all the night i was struggling to understand lord what it is Let's read Luke 2:19 another beautiful scripture Luke 2:19 this is interesting this morning to study about the word of God Luke 2:19 but Mary listen to this kept all these things and pondered means she was meditating she was thinking it over and over again in her heart now so far we know only mind can think so far we know only mind can meditate but bible says everywhere in fact i searched all the different versions anywhere you see mind and meditation no nowhere but everywhere heart and meditation they go together mary was keeping all these things in her heart and she was pondering heart meditation that's what bible talks about you know listen to this meditation is a time god open our inner eyes when we meditate the word of god God open our inner eyes to see the wonders of the book of the law. Meditation is the time our eyes inner eyes opened to see what God is trying to tell to us. Meditation is the time the spirit of God works in our heart. Spirit of God doesn't work in our mind. Spirit of God works in our heart from the bottom of. That's where the fountain flows, not from your mind. from the bottom of your belly from your heart that's where spirit of god works and we hear when we meditate we hear god speaking to our hearts not in our mind but deep inside of us we hear the voice of god you know those who heard they know what i'm talking about this morning we know god correcting us revealing us his plans god sharing his secrets from the word of god and meditation is something to do with our heart Certainly mind control is important. If your mind is wandering somewhere, you will lose what God is trying to tell us. 
But we need to focus on, on God. And we need to certainly think about God and all the good things that God has done. And finally, once you meditate, when God, once God speaks to us, we need to apply that in our lives. Not only studying, searching, meditating, but we need to apply the word in our lives. You know, if you cannot apply God's word in our lives, Bible becomes an ordinary book. You know, most of the time we read storybooks, right? So we read other novels and other biography and various other things. We don't try to practice everything. We don't do that. But Bible is expecting us to practice what we study, meditate. If you don't apply, Bible becomes, becomes an ordinary book. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. Let's read the scripture. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. Bible is asking, Paul is asking us to put this in practice, what we learn. Philippians 4.9 Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Paul says, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. God wants us to practice word of God. You know, most of the time we, we are good in preaching, we are good in reading, we are good in meditating, but we don't practice the word of God. You know, another important scripture I just want to show you. Bible says, if you don't put into practice what we learn, what we listen, we are deceiving ourselves. Can you read from James 1.22? James 1.22 Bible says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. What does it mean? Listen to me. What does it mean when he says deceiving yourself? You are cheating yourself. You come and sit and listen to the word of God, but you don't apply any of the word in your life. That means you are cheating yourself. You are under deception. You know, this is very, very important this morning. You know, that's the reason the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. You know, every time when we listen to a sermon, every time when we listen to the word of God, we become accountable to God. When we stand in the presence of God, you know, God is not going to ask us. You listen to all the sermons. You know that, you know, this needs to be done in your life. Did you put that in practice? That's the reason James is warning us and he says, Be doers of the word, not just the hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, this morning, if you don't do it, if you don't practice it, we are getting into deception. You know, that is something awful. That is something that we need to really worry about. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to get into deception. But this morning, as David prayed, Lord, open my eyes to see the wondrous things in the book of the law. And this morning, let that be our prayer. Let's ask God, Lord, help me. Help me to put those things in practice. So this morning, before we close the sermon, we are just going to do a practical example of how to study and meditate the word of God. Do you have the sheets with you right now? All of you? So if you can take those sheets. And the scripture that we are going to quickly study this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Can we get that in screen? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. So that's the scripture. Assume that you are going to study and how you will study the scripture. This is what is my methodology. And probably once you understand this, you can develop your own methodology of studying the scripture. Study scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 18. Bible says, while we do not look at the things which are seen... But are the things which are not seen. 
For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. You can write, you, you can write in that script, in that paper if you want. Bible says this is the scripture that we are going to study and meditate right now. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, it talks about the coming things. It talks about the heavenly things. We don't look at the things which are seen today because they are temporary. They are there today and they are gone one fine morning. But the things which are not seen are eternal. That's a scripture, you know, we want to study. And if you read the scripture, just, you know, with a quick glance, you get nothing out of it. You get nothing because it doesn't really make any sense. It looks like a foolish thing, right? For if somebody reads who, who doesn't believe in Bible, it looks like a foolish thing because it says, well, you do not look at the things which are seen. What does it mean? We don't look at the things which are seen. Obviously, we look at the things which are seen. What does it mean? It looks like foolish things. But you know what? That's the word of God. And this morning we are just ready to study. So how do we study? Study method. We are trying to understand the context of the scripture. Second Corinthians, you know, in order to understand the context of the scripture, you need to go a couple of scriptures, you know, backward. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you can go to Second Corinthians chapter 4, we are going to read 16 and 17 to understand the context of the scripture. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we are going to read verse 16. That gives us an idea about when the scripture was written. And let's read that together. 16, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is, man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our lighter, our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And now, therefore, Paul says, while we do not look at the things which are seen. So that means we are trying to understand the context of it. So Paul is talking about our outer man perishing. Paul is talking about, you know, our light affliction. He's talking about our outer man perishing. Our outer man as we age. We get sickness. We get sickness. It's not that God's children should never get sickness. Sickness is part of us. Because remember, we are living in a fallen world. We are living in a fallen world. But God gives grace. God heals. But if God keeps, you know, my argument is if God, God keeps healing everybody, all the believers, they are never going to die. They are going to make problem in the church. They have to die. Right? All of you agree? Right? My son used to tell me, Oh, I don't think you are going to live in that time. May all these things will happen. In you would have gone by that time. You know, why do you worry about it? You would have gone. <laughs> no, we, we can never leave. So God cannot keep on healing you every time. There is a time that's appointed time for you and me to leave this world. So Paul is talking about an outer man perishing due to sickness, process of aging, disasters, accident. Due to many reasons our outer man is age, uh, you know, outer man is uh, perishing. Paul is also talking about light affliction we live in this world. Troubles. Morning we heard about it. Troubles, tribulations, pains, testings, trials. And at times we give up totally. We don't know what to do. All these pains Paul having, is having in his mind. So that is the context of the scripture. So to study a scripture, we need to understand the context. Then, to whom it is written? Obviously to the believers in the church of Corinth. 
because it is second Corinthians. So he's writing this to the believers in the church of Corinth. Now, how do we interpret the scripture? We are trying to interpret the scripture as part of the study. He's talking about seeing the unseen. Paul is talking about, just be with me. Paul is talking about seeing the unseen. You know, we believers, suddenly the, the verse that came in my mind is, we believers are called to walk by faith, not by sight. So Paul is saying here, seeing the unseen. So I'm not seeing, even though I see, I don't see it, but I see the unseen. Because we are not walking by sight, we are walking by faith. And Paul is saying, you need to fix your eyes on the things that are not seen. That means we cannot really lust the things of this world. Paul is asking us to fix our eyes upon those things which we are not seen. You know, that's the message I get from the scripture. That's the interpretation. The reason why he is saying that, he's saying the things which are seen are temporary. Things which are seen are temporary. I did a quick study on the scripture. Now I'm going to meditate on the scripture. Meditation is not mind. Meditation is heart. You know, when we understood the scripture, the Spirit of God helped you because He is the author of this book. He is the author of the scripture. He helped you to understand what Paul is talking about when you study the scripture. Now you have an understanding. You have an understanding. Now meditation as we know, as we read from Luke 2.19, Psalm 4.4 and Psalm 19.14, meditation is pondering in our heart. Meditating in our heart. How do you do it? Kneel down and pray. Close your eyes. Just rest in God. Rest in God. And now we allow the Spirit of God. Ask the Spirit of God, Lord, search my heart. Start praying to God. Lord, search my heart. Meditate. The scripture you read in your heart. Only Holy Spirit can do that. Because your heart cannot think rightly. But the Spirit of God works deep in our heart. And allow the Spirit of God. And now you will see the Spirit of God bringing into surface. Those things on which our eyes are fixed today. He will bring those things into your surface as you pray. You don't think. But it suddenly gets in your mind. That's the Spirit of God. Bringing those things. You don't really think about it. And that's how God speaks. God speaks to me through that. You know, when I pray for what should I preach, you know, at times I hear, even though I think about many things, but something that comes all of a sudden from nowhere. And I understand, I get that, I grasp that. It is the Spirit of God trying to do this, tell me this. And He brings those surface things into surface. And He will tell you, your eyes are fixed on such and such things. Meditation. Meditating in the heart. Spirit of God also will tell you the times we are trying to substitute God with the things of this world. May it be our family. May it be our friendship. May it be our work situation. May it be our study. Whatever it may be. At times we try to substitute all these things with the things that we are seeing today. With the things which are seen. Yes, Spirit of God brings those into surface. We are very careful because we are meditating on the word of God. And we hear Jesus telling us, you don't belong to this world.
And those areas, they appear to be permanent in our lives. As the Spirit of God points those areas, you know, obviously, teardrops will fall from your eyes if you are meditating the Word of God. Because you never thought that the Spirit of God is so jealous, you never thought. Because you love somebody, you love somebody to the core. But now the Spirit of God is standing in between and telling you, he or she is per not permanent in your life. Temporary, temporary. Don't try to replace me with that individual. Now I, I know God is speaking to you even as we study, take an example and speak. You know, the word of God is powerful. And he will point out and you will cry in the presence of God. And he will also hear. God will comfort you. Sometimes, you know, we worry about the things we don't have in this world. And you hear God comforting you, telling you, my son, my daughter. You don't have the privilege like somebody else. But don't worry about it. The things that you see are not permanent. They are temporary. They are going to go away. You come to me. I will take you into the eternal heaven. I will bless you in the future. You know, you will hear the voice of God. That's meditating the word of God. It's all begin from the scripture. Now you are about to pray. Because you have a conviction in your heart. Lord, you spoke to me through the scripture. Now you are about to pray. First thing you do is you ask sorry to God for forgiveness. You ask forgiveness to God. Lord, forgive me for fixing my eyes on this world. There are times I took my eyes and fixed my eyes on the things which are seen. But Lord, this morning you wanted me to fix my eyes upon the things which are not seen. Forgive me, Lord. And God will help you to take decisions. And pray for those decisions you are about to take. So you are done with the prayer. Now comes the implementation of what you studied, what you meditated. Take those decisions and apply those decisions in your life. You know, that's how we can implement 2 Corinthians 4.18 in our lives. You know, I talked about one example. God wants us to do this. If possible, every morning. If possible, maybe two times in a week. If possible, at least one time in a week. Sitting in the presence of God and meditating the word of God. And when we implement it, it will bring great blessings to our lives. And if we do this every day, our personal walk with the Lord will be strengthened. Because we know how God speaks to us. How God speaks to us. How God speaks to us. We hear God speaking to us. And I will tell you this morning, with 100% assurance, this is the authentic way God speaking to a man. This is the authentic way God speaking to a man, when God speaks to you through the word. Through the word. You know, at times we run to prophets. I have a problem there. You know, the, all the prophets I dealt with, 50% of the time they are right, 50% of the time they are wrong. And I have spoken to them saying that, brother, sorry about it. I'm a human. Forgive me. There are times I moved on based on the, you know, the, the word that I heard from the prophets. There is a time in the beginning of my life when I gave my life to Jesus, there was a prophet in the corner of the street. Me and my dad, we used to run to that prophet for every single decision. When I was 18 or 19, I was just new in Christ. But later I realized, no, that's not what God wants me to do. God wants me to 
listen to this word. Every time from that point onwards, God spoke to me. God spoke to me through the word. Not to the prophets. Prophets are called to tell the nations about the destruction that is about to come on the land. Can you show me one prophet who was a fortune teller? God did not like. Today the prophets are fortune tellers. One man of God told me, there is a prophet, if he walks in your street, he will tell you what you have inside your tin, in your, in your, in your box, inside the room. I asked him, for what? For what? For what? Is God a magician? God made magicians and asked them to roam around. They go to every church. They go to church and church and get down and get all the money from the churches. They lay hands on, say something and get all the money. And people are perishing today. Children of God, this is a warning this morning. Don't go to a prophet. Take your Bible and read the word of God. Prophets can go wrong. That's not their duty. Tell your fortune. No. Show me in the Bible. Prophets are called to tell the destruction that is about to come upon the land. And one, the people of God, you need to come back to God. All the prophets I read in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, they have a job. Jonah, you need to go and you need to preach the gospel there. They are living in their wickedness. They need to turn back to God. That is the only duty of the prophet, not to tell your fortune. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. Do not go to a prophet to find out your fortune. 50 percentage, 50-50 is you what you get. Wait on the feet, at the feet of God. God never lies. God never lies. Shall we close our eyes? Bible says, the grass withers, the flower fades, the tongues will cease, prophecies will fail, but the word of God stands forever. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. This morning, I believe God has spoken to you. I believe this morning God has spoken to you. How important it is to meditate the word of God. You know, our God is willing to speak to all of us. He's willing. He never stops speaking. Do you know that? He keeps speaking, but we don't hear. We don't hear. This morning, can we make a commitment at the feet of God and tell him, Lord, I want to come back to my, your word. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. I have a symptom of blindness. I have a symptom of blindness in me. Can we all stand for a moment? And can you all stand for a moment this morning? This is very important. Just make the commitment at the feet of God. Things will start happening in due time. Things will start happening in the right season in your life. When you meditate the word of God according to Psalm 1, 1 to 3. This morning God has spoken to you. Just make a commitment at the feet of God as we stand in the feet of God, in the presence of God. Tell him, Lord, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. I will not run here and there. I will always, Lord, be found in my house, Lord, with the Bible, with the notebook, and with the pen, writing down what God speaks to me because our God is a God who speaks. Our God is not a dead God. Our not God is not the one who cannot speak. Our God is a dead God. And this morning, I'm sorry to God for running to the prophets. That is not the call of God in your life. God wants you to listen to him because he is a God who 
speaks not only to certain people, to everybody, to everybody. This morning, I feel the presence of God is urging you to tell sorry to those areas where you failed God. God is not at all pleased in those areas. And this morning, tell him, Lord, I come to an understanding this morning how precious your word is, Lord. Help me to meditate the word. Help me to meditate the word. And in the coming days, if you take the decision this morning, I promise you, I promise you, you will hear God telling you. You will hear God directing you. Every one of you will listen to God telling about your future. Your future only you know and your God knows. Nobody else. God doesn't reveal that to anybody. God doesn't reveal that to anybody for a believer's life. For an unbeliever, at times God uses the prophets and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit to bring him back to Christ. But once you know Christ, God wants you to build your life based on you are knowing the will of God by yourself. This morning God has spoken to you. Father, this morning Lord we feel sorry. As a church Lord, we are sorry Lord many times. Lord, we just move roam here and there, Lord, thinking that anybody can tell anything about me. Lord, sorry for that, Lord. This morning, Father, I come to know that our eyes need to be opened. Our eyes need to be opened so that we can hear the Spirit of God speaking to us in the bottom of our heart. Father, this morning, we come to you, Lord. We give our life to you this morning and we tell you, Father, help us. Help us to grow in that direction, Lord. We are not babies in Christ. We are matured. We are adults in Christ. We need to grow. We need to grow by the word of God, holding the word of God. Father, this morning, give us grace. Give grace to those who are listening to me, those who will continue to listen to me. Father, send us with your peace. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.